Hello, and welcome to Champions of Risk podcast. You know, this podcast is about understanding risk's role and living up to our fullest potential. Uh, it comes in lots of shapes and forms, and I can't think of a riskier career path, a riskier role than being that of an entrepreneur. And so we are going to dig into uh, a personal experience of being a business owner today and looking at what I would call kind of the underbelly of some of the things that are going on uh, that are supposed to be supporting small business owners and uh, maybe aren't doing as much as they could be today. Uh, I think this can relate to a lot of our listeners today. So I want to please welcome uh, my guest today, Paula Beadle. She is the CEO of Caravel Marketing, which is a sponsorship marketing agency firm in Seattle and Minneapolis. Uh, full disclosure here, Paula is my dearest friend. We have worked together in so many different ways over the decades of knowing each other and still do uh, on certain projects. Our businesses come together quite frequently. We are both women business owners. Uh, we're very supportive of each other's businesses and of each other. So you can imagine, right, if you've got a Paula in your life, uh, you have, you've had a lot of conversations lately about what the pandemic has been doing to uh, your businesses, uh, what kind of support you are looking for and supposedly uh, can get access to with things like the Paycheck Protection Program and the SBA Economic Relief Loan. So uh, I really think it's important that we bring real voices to the front line of what so many business owners are experiencing right now. And that is why I wanted to have Paula on today uh, so that we can get real and raw and uh, hopefully all of you can uh, relate to some of the things that are that are going on. And we'll, We'll have some ideas too. So Paula, welcome to the Champions of Risk podcast. Uh, so glad that you would, you're willing to join me today. And I just, I first and foremost, I want to give people a perspective, like give us the backstory a little bit about Caravel Marketing and how you started your company. Thanks, Michael. I so much appreciate you asking me to join you today. And it's really fun to, to let your listeners into our conversation. Yes. <laughs> Careful, everybody. <laughs> That's right. I, I started Caravel Marketing. Uh, really back in 2008, I, uh, following the financial services meltdown, I think that was, uh, that in itself was uh, quite a risky in, endeavor. I had led the sponsorships and the national promotions for the largest bank to fail uh, during that time. And it was uh, a very risky time to launch into business. But after 10 years of working in large corporate environments, it really felt like it was the right time for me. So I started slowly by consulting for a few years and then really officially launched uh, the business and, and the brand in 2013. And as you said, Mike, Michael, we're a sponsorship consulting and a partnership marketing company. And so basically we bring corporate brands and events together so you can imagine uh, how significantly we've been impacted in a very short amount of time as a result of COVID-19. Yeah, but you, you said a lot in there, Paula. Um, yes, absolutely. The business today uh, impacted basically overnight with the cancellation of lots of events and, and that whole industry still being up in the air. You 
I, I don't want to overlook the fact that you started a business during the economic downturn. And I'm curious how that kind of uh, shaped how you grew your business and kind of the even the support you sought over the years to help grow the business. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think money was really available a lot back in 2008 to start a business. <laughs> No, it most certainly was not. And I remember penciling out, you know, what's the minimum amount of money uh, that, you know, my family can live on on a monthly basis. And I decided that was the amount of the first contract I needed to go out and get. <laughs> and I needed it next, you know, the following month. Yeah. And I, I have to say, I, I so much appreciate that first a client who gave me an opportunity to work with them on a contract basis when it was not something that they commonly did. So it wasn't comfortable and they, they took a chance. They're still a client of mine today, uh, 11 years later. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And I remember that time frame and uh, the conversations that we were having. And one of the great things that I always remember out of that is you were in conversations with this client and like you said they didn't typically uh, do contract work they were really looking for a full-time employee mm -hmm. and you convinced them that they would be able to achieve their goals and get high quality if they just worked with you as a as a consultant uh, and I think that message is as relevant today as it was back then, uh, you know, it doesn't have to look the way that it is appearing in the moment, right? And I just thought it was amazing that you were able to convert it that way. Yeah, that's that's right, Michael. And you're reminding me of a, of a conversation that I had with, with the CEO at the time. And he said, we'd really like you to be here at the office at least three days a week. And I said to him, you know, at the end of our first year working together, how will you determine if I was successful? Will it be based on the revenue that I help you generate or will it be based on the, the time that I spent here at the office? And let me ask you this question. If I don't meet the revenue goals that you have for me, but I was here three days a week, do I, do I still get a gold star? <laughs> he said, uh, he he actually had had gold stars that he would give out to people, and and I knew about this, and he said, no, you you will not get one, and I said, then why does it matter? And I appreciate you bringing this up because as I'm re as I'm as I'm recalling this conversation, I realized that was pretty bold of me during a time when I really needed the money, and it was you know, the financial meltdown uh, crisis. We're right in the middle of it. But um, I, I really appreciated that he, that he, that he took, took the chance and, and brought me on board. You know, I learned so much during that time about leadership. And uh, interestingly enough, I was in the media business uh, when 9-11 happened. I was in the financial business when the Great Recession happened. And here I am today in the event business during COVID-19. So I have been in uh, industries during uh, times of, of crisis that were significantly impacted. Uh, sometimes found myself right at the center of it. And you learn so much about leadership during those times. And you learn about the importance of 
transparency and the importance of authenticity and you know communication. And in some of those cases, I was surrounded by really strong leaders. And in other cases, I wasn't. And uh, I learned a lot from both of those circumstances, for sure. Yes. Well, and now you are the leader of a company that's going through, uh, you know, another big economic moment in life. You know, some might look back at your history and go, boy, Paul, you sure know how to pick them uh, <laughs> in the <laughs> industries that you're in at the time that you were in them. Uh, <laughs> but you and I both know that you look at this and go, I'm resilient, I'm strong, I am bold. And it's in moments like these where you do make big, bold decisions, uh, like like you mentioned. And so I, that makes me think of, you know, where you are today as the leader of a company. And when you first found out, like when all of this was happening, and of course, there were some immediate things that that took place with events that were coming up in the near term. But there was also a lot of talk that, you know, the government was going to support small businesses. And as part of the CARES Act, the, the PPP and the, the payroll protection plan was going to help everyone. So, kind of bring us up to date, like, what was that like in, like, the second week in March, and how were you leading? Well, I think, you know, during during that time in, in March, there was um, still so much that was, that was unknown, and it was really important to me that our, our team remain um, optimistic and that we continue to move forward, and so one of the things that I did during that time is I got everybody together and we just talked about what's what's happening today, right? What do we know today? Uh, because things were changing so quickly. And as we look over the next several weeks, uh, how do we want to show up? Who do we want to be in our communities and in our industry? And how do we serve our clients? And so together, we decided that we did want to take a leadership role in the industry by, by providing resources and ideas and encouragement. So we would write blogs and we would do videos. Uh, things that we had kind of dabbled in in the past, but didn't really have systems and process in place to, to do that very rapidly. So everybody really came together around that. And we were all writing blogs and, and you know, gathering research and information. And we also decided that uh, it was important we expand our services uh, because although our area of focus is in sponsorship, we have a lot of experience in media and event planning, and we just knew we could be helpful to our clients in other ways. Mm -hmm. So we reached out to all of our clients and we said, we're here and we are happy to help you in any way and that we possibly can. So we, we, we made sure that we were um, providing them with information and ideas and offering to help in, in any way that, that we could. And then we also uh, immediately started talking every day together as a team. And we would start each one of our meetings with, you know, what's, what's a word that describes where you're at in this moment? Because for all of us, that was changing every day. You know, there were some days we felt really optimistic and other days we felt a bit deflated and it was important to understand you know where where the team was at any given time and and as a leader I felt like it was important to give people space uh, for the place that they were in at the moment 
and you know some sometimes you know someone was feeling really energi- energized and and ready to get to work and other days there were creative blocks and just really giving permission uh, to people to you know do what they needed to do for themselves and for their families uh, in in that given time yeah i uh i will be sure to put a link in our notes because Paula Caravel Marketing put has put out a ton of great information and resources. Uh, it, even if you're not in the invent business, if you're a leader in your industry, if you're you're in sales or have a sales team, there's lots of practical advice and tips and action steps that are laid out. Um, and you, you know, Caravel came out with that really, really fast and rapidly and really provided a service, not only for your clients, but for the whole industry. And, and so while you're keeping, you know, your clients engaged and, and helping them and you're keeping the, the team optimistic and moving forward, what were you doing from as the CEO of your company in terms of keeping, you know, the company financially healthy? Yeah, well, that was definitely around the time when we started preparing to submit for the Paycheck Protection Plan loan, which uh, we did file for on April 6th, which was the the first day uh, that the new application was available. And uh, we immediately, you know, started looking at uh, just the access to uh, capital that we had. We we hadn't lost any clients, uh, but we had lost all of our oncoming clients. So we had three projects, uh, two of which we had actually started that had let us know that, that they were not going to move forward at this time and that we would re-engage likely in 2021, which was so much appreciated that they did. But so we, we knew we had immediate financial impacts that we were starting to see. And so we we looked at what are all the resources that are available to us. And we had a line of credit at, at the bank um, and we looked at our available credit on credit cards and we started preparing um, for the, the CARES Act and the SBA loans and um, put everything together and uh, applied for the loan on uh, on April 6th. Now, a lot of people have had a varying degree of um, experiences in, in filing. And, you know, the general public has heard a lot about the big companies that have applied for the Paycheck Protection Program and have gotten big, huge money and the companies that have paid back. But really, this is designed for small business owners. And... Uh, just like Caravel Marketing. And so what has your experience to date been with this? And are you benefiting from it? Yeah, the the process uh, was and continues to be flawed. And we've all heard the stories about a lack of transparency in the process, uh, poor communication. I think that's particularly true if you're like me and you didn't have a uh, relationship with someone at your bank and you were banking with a large bank, I think I, you know, I've been hearing more and more stories about people who were felt like that contributed to them not getting the loan. So spoiler alert, I have not received the loan. I didn't get it in the first round and don't know where I stand at this time. I, 
also have applied for an SBA uh, economic uh, injury disaster loan, which I have not heard anything about either. But, you know, I think what's been really meaningful to me about this whole experience now is how I responded to it. You know, I applied on day one. I was really well prepared. I was almost uncharacteristically confident <laughs> and optimistic that I was going to get the loan. Like there was no doubt in my mind. And I, 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 I look back on it now and I think, why, why did I feel that way? When, because you're always that way. I know that's so true. But you know, that's when, who you are. <laughs> I, I so much appreciate that. But I also, as a leader, right, I think it's important sometimes to, you know, not have such a high degree of optimism, <laughs> right? And to just stay cool and, and, and calm. And I definitely, I like to think of myself that way as well. But this was, this was a time when I, I felt certain. And, you know, the, the facts didn't, uh, didn't indicate that I should have felt that way, right? Mm -hmm. Women and minority-owned businesses are underrepresented by their banks on a very good day. The current administration, in my opinion, has not shown that they're going to protect and support small business. So I'm not sure why I believed it was going to happen so flawlessly this time, particularly when the whole process, you know, was just was moving so fast and we're just not uh, equipped to, to handle that. But because I felt so strongly about it, I, I ended up, I put a lot of focus on it and it became like number one priority, right? It became this critical factor. And I spent three weeks of precious time and energy focused on getting those loans. And I, I wish in, in retrospect that I would have been putting some of that time and that, and that energy into, into doing other things. And, it, it, and I was doing those other things, but there was just a lot of emotion that I had kind of poured into getting these loans. So when I, when I got the message that I didn't get it, it was crushing to me, right? Mm -hmm. and, and it happened to be the same day that I lost one of our largest clients who I felt so badly for when they had to tell me they couldn't fulfill the contract. And uh, at, on that same day, I laid off a couple of team members. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I just, I retreated for three days. Right. I listened to my calm act. I took long walks. I drank wine. I cried a little. I mean, it, I I had so much emotionally invested into getting the loan that it became uh, devastating uh, to me for a couple of days when I received the news that I wasn't getting it. And then, of course, starting to hear the stories about the, the businesses who did get it and those who use their influence to move to the front of the line. And, you know, that to me was overwhelming. I had such a sense of uh, unfairness. And I, I, I knew this wasn't about me or about my company, uh, but, but it felt like it was, right? I felt, I, I felt judged. So it was, it, it really gave me a strong um, sense that I had a loss of control. And that, that, that's hard for someone like, like me. Yeah, well, and when you're, you're also doing all the things in between. And I know because you and I were talking a lot, you know, during this time, you were doing all the things that you could control, looking at cutting expenses and, and shoring up things and staying in front of clients and, you know, really working to help them. So it it's not like you were just sitting around and waiting. In fact, like 
you were crazy busy. I don't even know if you slept during that time because you were just like constantly in motion. And I bring that up because I know that there are a lot of business owners out there who have been doing exactly the same thing. And, and then you get this monumental day, which, you know, is like, okay, everything's just going to pour on you at once. Um, and you took the couple of days and then as it is polybeto fashion, you know, Monday's the first day of the rest of your life. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that's exactly how I felt. Right. I mean, after, uh, you know, reaching out to, to, to you, Michael, and to friends and listening to the, you know, calm act. Uh, app (laughs) Mm -hmm. and we're doing some of those things I I really did wake up Monday morning and pulled up my bootstraps and uh, you know reconnected with my entrepreneurial spirit right that Mm -hmm. that risk taker and my my midwest uh, work ethic which has always served to me very well in my career and I just I reconnected with that and it occurred to me that my business was not going to succeed or fail because of these loans, whether I got them or not, right? It was, uh, it was up to me, and I really needed to bet on myself and the people within my circle, and, uh, and I needed to keep you know, moving forward and, and develop the new plan and play out the various scenarios. But I think that one of the other things that, that occurred to me that day in some way, this situation was actually going to propel our company forward faster towards where we were already heading. Because now I'm, I'm forced to think about things differently and to do things differently. I'm, just my use of technology, right? Always something in the back of my mind, but I hadn't really done it. And so um, everything has been accelerated that that we were doing, and the vision that I have for the for the business longer term, I think, is going to be realized sooner because we're going to be propelled in that direction. Yeah, yeah, and that's such a great way of of looking at things. Um, you know, there is a lot of optimism. You've always had that. You and you're also a very you are pragmatic, and you are a realist. Um, and if you don't get that, honestly, you, you certainly (laughs) get it, uh, through, you know, through need and support and, and stuff. So I hear that out of you a lot. Um, you've had a lot of experiences. You have so many strengths to rely on. How are you using what you know to help you create for the future? Well, I'm, you know, I'm fortunate that I, I have a lot of really wonderful people um, surrounding me and I'm always trying to get better at asking them for help. And um, I also have some tools and, and resources uh, that help me in strategic planning. And I think those are really valuable to me right now uh, to be able to put the big post-it note paper up on the wall and start making the list 
and really thinking about uh, the future and various scenarios and coming up with some of those ideas uh, and how do we, you know, how are we going to pivot and ad uh, address what's happening in, in the market at any given time. So I think it's, it's really beneficial to have those tools and, and those resources. And, and if you don't to connect with people who do because they're just invaluable at this time. And it's also really helpful for me just to, to, to allow myself to go over to the dark side for a moment and play out that scenario and then I get to put it away because I don't live in that space for very long. It's yeah. just not even in my nature. But I think as a, as a business owner, as a leader, it's really important to do that. And I remember telling my team, I've done it, right? I want you to know, <laughs> I went all the way to that side. I thought it through and I have a plan and I'll share it with you if you'd like me to, but know that it exists and it's, and it's now set aside because what we really need to do is just continue to keep moving forward. You were, were um, you really took a, a, a chance and were really vulnerable in recording a video, Paula, that shared your experience with PPP and, and it's really uh, great and, and it's real and it's also you know, optimistic. And I really encourage everybody to watch it. We're going to put a link into, um, into that video in our notes on the podcast here. It, it makes me think I've watched it a couple of times, you know, and you and I've talked about it overall, like as a business owner, as somebody who's really strong in, in the Seattle community, especially in a Minnesota native and lots of connections here in Minneapolis too, is like, what do you think are some of the things that need to change to help influence the future of small business? Well, I think small businesses need more access to capital. And I think that we need more uh, protections. You know, this is just a small example, but when I apply for loans at my bank, they consider me to be a self-employed person, although I have an escort. The government does not consider me to be self-employed. Therefore, I don't have access to things like unemployment. Now, of course, that's different, you know, during this time because an exception has been made. But being a small business uh, entrepreneur is incredibly risky. And the only way you can secure lines of credit, regardless of your business legal entity, is by putting your personal assets on the line. And uh, big businesses are not in that same situation. They don't have the same level of financial risk uh, as small businesses do. So I think that's really important. And I also think that it's uh, in, important that we encourage big businesses to do business with us and that we're doing business with each other and that we're really making efforts to seek out those businesses who are making the right choices uh, when, you know, faced with tough decisions uh, and doing the right thing, even when it may not be the right business decision. I hope that makes sense. But I think mm -hmm. there's so many small businesses who have shown that they're, they're doing the right thing um, for, you know, the good of people that they don't even know. And those are the people we should recognize and we should be rewarding right now. And the best way to do that is to do business with them. So 
I, I hope that uh, there's more acceptance of the fact that bigger isn't always better. And that, you know, working, when you're working with a small business, you're often working with a team of people who uh, are highly focused, uh, move quickly, pivot easily, deliver high quality because you as a client mean so much to them, right? You're so valuable. And, and so I, I hope that's one of the things that changes is just a greater appreciation for the role that small business plays in our communities. And I think that has evolved over years. Uh, but I, I think that, you know, there are still big businesses here in Seattle, for example, that, that have agencies that they bring in from New York and Chicago, right? I, I really hope that they look outside of their own community. I mean, wouldn't it be great if they said, you know, if you can walk to our business, we're interested in working with you. Um, so I hope, uh, I hope that changes, but, but, you know, I, I hope, I hope people also just approach their business heart forward and realize that the, the decisions that we are all making today affect so many people. And if we just make them, you know, with our hearts, I, um, going back to the PPP, you know, when the news stories started about the companies who were giving back the money, and some of the early stories, it, it almost made them sound like they were the good guys. And I took such offense to that because there was, uh, it was a thoughtful decision, right? Somebody, somebody filled out the paperwork and the application. Somebody gathered the information. They talked to leadership. They called their bank. It was a very thoughtful decision. And uh, some people said, well, everyone was doing it, but that's not true, right? There were a lot of small businesses, some great examples right here in Seattle of companies and leaders who didn't do it because they simply didn't need it. And, you know, this was, this was another moment for me realizing that I, this feels so foolish for me to say now, but I thought that the only people who were going to apply were those that were immediately and directly impacted and did not have the money for payroll. Um, and that really needed it. I just didn't realize that so many companies who didn't need it would apply for it. So you are, you are not alone, Paula. I mean, yeah. a lot of us felt that way that there was just kind of this understanding, right. That it, it was going to be used for, you know, when they're talking about fewer than 500 people, uh, 500 employees, you know, even in my mind, I'm thinking like more like around the hundred mark and, and stuff. And so I know there, there will be people out there that are thinking, well, you know, what were you guys thinking? <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, there, I, to take out of that is, you know, more to your point of just, we all have uh, opportunity to choose where we do business, with whom we do business with. Uh, there's, there are lessons for us all in our banking partners. For sure, Paula and I've had very different experiences. You bank with a big bank, I bank with a small bank, you know, and just even the communication has been very different. But, uh, you know, more importantly, uh, you know, finding ways that localization piece, I think, might be something that that comes out of this long term. I'm, I'm curious how you, right now, today, how you would view how this experience is shaping you as an entrepreneur. What do you think's gonna be different? 
for you? Well, it's a great question, Michael. And I've been thinking a lot about that. I am a huge fan, like you are, Brene Brown, right? Mm -hmm. who, who talks about the growth and the connection that comes from uh, vulnerability. And that is not, I mean, I, I admit it is not comfortable for me. I don't like it. Uh, but I'm, you know, during this time, I'm really trying to learn. Uh, I'm trying to be more uh, uh, vulnerable and taking, and, and for me, that's a big risk, by the mm. way, being yeah. vulnerable. That's a, that feels risky to me, uh, putting, putting myself out there in, in that way. And I'm, I'm really challenging myself uh, to, to do that because I, I do believe that um, that connection uh, comes from vulnerability. And um, you can tell it's even hard for me to say. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I think I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, that I, I do show that vulnerability. Um, I also believe that I will approach, uh, my business, you know, heart forward. Um, I think doing the right thing has always been, um, incredibly important to me. And, um, I think, you know, I'll certainly continue to do that, but I've, you know, I've reached out and I've asked for help um, from people. And sometimes people I haven't connected with or talked to in a really long time. And the generosity of the information that they've shared and the help they've provided has just been overwhelming to me. And I think that as I come through that, uh, come through this, you know, th those are definitely things I want to remember. But he, I think this is going to be the most important thing is that. I am going to use this opportunity to do less. Mm. I'm going to take the risk of not working with businesses who aren't giving us the opportunity to do exactly the work that we want to do. I'm not going to make decisions about taking on clients um, for revenue. And I think that's the next big risk uh, that that I'm going to take uh, when we start, you know, coming coming through um, COVID-19 and that I'm going to make fewer decisions. I'm going to have fewer clients and I'm going to uh, work, work less and I'm going to do exactly what I feel passionate about. And that vision I had for my company and where it would get to years down the road, I'm I'm going to start working on that right now. Yeah. I'm not like gonna wait. Yes. Yes. Wow. That is such a great message. And you know, as your friend, it warms my heart to hear that because uh it it's what I want not only for you and I, I want for everybody, right? Is like we've got this life and how are we going to live it? And, and what do we want occupying our time? What do we, where, where do we want to put our energy? So uh, that proclamation that you've just made is a great thing for everyone to hear. It's great for me to hear so I can hold you accountable to it. And I think that, um, you know, there continues to be great things in store 
for you and for, for Caravel Marketing. So I just um, really appreciate you, you know, being willing to share your personal experience with what's going on right now, as well as how you are preparing for the future. I want to make sure people are able to connect with you. And so how can people find you, Paula? Well, I think the best way is is probably visiting our, our website, which is caravelmarketing.com, and, and there's a way to connect with me through that. Um, otherwise, uh, LinkedIn is my chosen social media, and so uh, please, you know, LinkedIn with me with me there. That would be great. And thanks, Michael. I, I so much appreciate uh, everything that you just said, and uh, one of the many things that I love about you is you know, you've been coaching me to this place for a very long time. So don't think I don't recognize that. <laughs> and you are so gracious when I pick up the phone and say, I've got a thought. <laughs> I have an idea. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm thinking. And uh, I'm, I, I would not uh, be surprised if there was just a part of you that said, oh, was, a, you know, silently applauding. You know, yeah, you heard me because I, I do recognize that, you know, sometimes it's, it's, you have to hear things several times, right? And, um, and the timing has to be right. Pardon me? And the timing has to be right. Yes. And, uh, and, and the opportunity is in front of you. And, uh, so yes, I mean, that, that I'm championing you, right? It's champions yes. of risk. You are a champion of risk. I am, and I am champion and honoring you. And so thank you again so much, yeah. um, for sharing the story. You know, uh, as I said earlier too, um, it's important that voices are being heard right now more than ever. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're listening to the episode here with Paula and you have a story around your experience and applying for PPP, what it's like to be an entrepreneur in today's economic environment and would like to share it, please reach out to me at michaelwkithcart.com. Would love to have you as a guest on a future episode of Champions of Risk. And if you're a business owner looking to gain clarity on what's next for you and how to move forward, I am offering a complimentary coaching session to address pressing needs right now uh, for anyone who's needing it, uh, for business owners or other leaders out there in the community. So you can sign up for that session on my website, which is Michael, M I C H A E L. W-K-I-T-H-C-A-R-T.com. Uh, we'll also put a link in the notes as well as to Caravel Marketing and Paula's video of her experience. So thanks, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening to Champions of Risk. 